all you have. You are now tuned in to Parker Swayze. So just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, my fellow Far, Far Away family? How is everyone doing today? We hope everyone is doing good. Nothing new to report on the outer rim. Pirates are plundering, hyperlanes are collapsing, same old stuff. Well, we left Bane in the Valley of the Dark Lord last episode, so let's see what's going on with him in this chapter. Bane had never been so hungry in his life. It twisted his stomach into knots, causing him to hunch over as he trudged slowly across Korriban's waist toward Dreshta. For thirteen days, he had searched the tombs in the Valley of the Dark Lords, sustaining himself only with the Force and the hydration tablets he'd brought along for the desert journey. He never slept, but rested his mind from time to time through meditation. Yet for all its power, even the Force couldn't create something from nothing. It could ward off starvation for a time, but not forever. Twice he'd been set on by packs of Tukata, the guardian hounds that prowled the crypts of their former masters. The first time he'd driven them away with the Force, seizing the body of the alpha male and hurling it into the rest of the pack, injuring several of the beasts. They'd scurried away with high-pitched howls that sent shivers down his spine. The second attack had been far bloodier. While exploring one of the most recent tombs, he'd found himself surrounded by a dozen Tukata, a pack twice the size of the first. He'd unleashed his lightsaber on them, slicing through flesh and bone. When the pack finally broke and fled, only four of the twelve Tukata still lived. After that, the Tukata left him alone, which was a good thing, because he was no longer sure he'd be able to hold them off if they attacked again. To fuel his muscles for the ongoing search through tomb after tomb, he'd overtaxed his body's reserves, literally devouring himself from the inside out. Now he was paying the price. He could have eased his suffering by slipping into a meditative trance, slowing his heartbeat and vital functions to preserve his energy. Yet in the end, that would accomplish nothing. Nobody would come to find him. And eventually... Even a state of hibernation would end in a slow, if relatively painless, death. Death was not an option he was ready to consider. Not yet. Despite his futile search, despite the crushing disappointment, he wasn't ready for that. Not if it meant that the truth he'd discovered would die with him. So he endured the pain and willed his rapidly failing flesh to take him back, back to the academy. It had taken him only a day to walk to the valley at the beginning of his quest. He was now on the third day of his trip back. He had been strong and fresh when he'd first set out. Now, he was famished and weak. But there was more to his slowed pace than mere physical wanting. Before, he had been buoyed by expectation. Now, he was weighed down by the burden of failure. Cordis had been right. The ancient dark lords of Korriban were gone... Nearly 3,000 years had passed between the time the Sith had been driven from Korriban by Revan and the day Khan's Brotherhood of Darkness officially reclaimed this world for the Order. In that time, the legacy of the original Sith had been completely wiped away. He'd gone into the desert seeking enlightenment, but found only disillusionment. Korriban was no longer the cradle of darkness. It was a husk, a withered, desiccated corpse that had been picked clean by scavengers. 
Okay, we find Bane in a very different state than when we left him last week. He had to fight off a couple packs of Tukata, one pack of 12 Tukata, and he had to use his lightsaber. He hadn't eaten in weeks. He was using the force to sustain his energy, but the force couldn't keep him alive forever. He had to push himself to the limits. His body was eating himself by this point. That just sounds messed up. Could you imagine your body eating itself? I know that there are people across the world that have to go days without food. It is one of the saddest things ever, but intentionally going that long without food, that's just crazy. Now he has to return to the academy or he will die, not retrieving what he sought out to find. It only had taken him one day to travel to the Valley of the Dark Lords, but his journey back was taking much longer. Well, yeah, he hasn't eaten for 13 days. I would guess that he doesn't have the strength to go very fast. Plus, he is walking back with his tail between his legs. He didn't find what he went searching for. That will put a damper on your pace if nothing else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cordis had been right, yet Bane now understood that he was also very, very wrong. Bane hadn't found what he was looking for in the tombs, but in the long trek back across the desert, his mind had finally become clear. Hunger, thirst, exhaustion, the physical suffering cleansed his thoughts. It stripped away all his illusions and exposed the lies of Cordis and the Academy. The spirits of the Sith were gone from Korriban forever, but it was Lord Khan's Brotherhood of Darkness, not the Jedi, who were to blame. They had twisted and perverted the ancient order of the Sith. The Academy's teachings flew in the face of everything Bane had learned in the archives about the ways of the dark side. Khan had cast aside the true power of the individual and replaced it with the false glory of self-sacrifice in the name of a worthy cause. He sought to destroy the Jedi through might of arms rather than cunning. Worst of all, he proclaimed that all were equal in the Brotherhood of the Sith. But Bane knew equality was a myth. The strong were meant to rule, the weak to serve. The Brotherhood of Darkness stood for everything that was wrong with the modern Sith. They had fallen from the true path. Their failure was the reason the spirits of the Dark Lords had vanished. None on Korriban, not Master, not Apprentice, had been worthy of their wisdom. None worthy of their power. They had simply faded away, scattered like a handful of dust cast across the desert sand. Bane could see the truth so clearly now. Yet Cordis and the others were forever blind. They followed Khan, as if he had bound them up with some secret spell. A faint gust of wind brought the sound of distant voices to his ears. Glancing up, he was surprised to see the temple of the academy looming ahead of him, less than a kilometer away. Caught up in his philosophical ramblings, he hadn't realized how far he'd come. He was close enough to see small figures moving at the base of the building, 
servants, or possibly a handful of students from the Academy out wandering the surrounding grounds. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. One of them noticed him approaching and scurried back inside, probably to deliver news of his return to Cortis and the other masters. Bane wasn't sure what kind of reception they'd give him. In truth, he didn't care, as long as they brought him food. Beyond that, they were of no use to him anymore. He despised them all, masters and apprentices alike. They were no better than the Jedi who had looted Korriban three millennia before. The Academy was an abomination, a testament to how far the Sith had fallen from the true ideals of the Dark Side. Bane alone understood this. He alone saw the truth. And he alone could lead the Sith back to the way of the Dark Side. He wouldn't be foolish enough to say so, of course. The Brotherhood would never follow him. Neither would Cordis or any of the others at the Academy. Weak and ignorant as they were, they could still overwhelm him with their numbers. If he was to restore the Sith to their true glory, he would need an ally. Not one of the Masters, they were all too close to Khan, and the Apprentices were nothing but groveling servants blindly following their Masters. They had no real understanding of the Dark Side. They didn't sense that they were being led down a false path. Not a single one of them was worthy. No, Bane corrected himself. There was one, Githany. She wasn't intimidated by the Masters. She had defied them to train Bane. The fact that she'd done it for her own selfish reasons only offered further proof that she understood the true nature of the dark side. He wished now that he had spoken to her before he'd left the academy. He could have at least tried to explain why he had to go. She had been disappointed in him for letting Sirak survive, rightfully so. But in the end, he was the one who had turned away from her. He was the one who left her behind while he went in search of Korriban's hidden secrets. What could she possibly think of them now? As he reached the edge of the temple grounds, the scents of the midday meal being prepared in the kitchens wafted out to him, driving all other thoughts from his mind. Mouth watering and stomach rumbling, he hobbled up the steps toward the ever-nearing prospect of food. Now, Bane's journey was not a total waste. Because of his time not eating, his mind had a chance to clear. Basically, he had done a type of fasting. Now he knew that Khan and the Brotherhood of Darkness were what was wrong with the modern-day Sith. Equality was along. The strong ruled the weak. It was cunning and deception that made the Sith strong. And it was because of this why he found nothing in the valley. All the ancient Sith lords and their wisdom was gone. Khan and the Brotherhood had ruined the dark side. He knew that the Masters had nothing left to teach him. And he was also smart enough to know not to say anything to them about. They would overwhelm him with their numbers, but he could lead the Sith back to the true nature of the dark side. He just needed someone to help him doing it. His first thought was Bethany. She had already defied the masters by teaching him, showing him that she didn't care about the rules, but he had left her on a bad note. He didn't know how she would take to his invitation, but at this point, he didn't care about all that. The only thing on his mind was some food. The news that Bane had returned did not sit well with Cordis. The timing couldn't have been worse. Lord Khan had sent an urgent message. 
Everyone from the Academy was to come to Rusan to join the battle against the Jedi. The apprentices were all to be presented with lightsabers and given seats in the Brotherhood of Darkness, elevating them to the ranks of the Dark Lords of the Sith. It wouldn't do to show up with one of his most powerful students being as defiant as Bane had been at their last meeting. It would be even worse if Bane spurned the offer and went off on his own, disobeying the command to go to Rusan. Lord Khan had managed to keep the Brotherhood together, but it was an alliance that was always on the verge of disintegrating. In the face of their repeated failure to drive the Jedi from Rusan, the refusal of one prominent Sith to fall into line might be all it took to make everything unravel. One defection could lead to others, and things would return to a state of chaos. Sith fighting Sith as the various Dark Lords sought to dominate and destroy their rivals. The Jedi would survive and rebuild their order, all the while laughing at the foolishness of their mortal enemies. If only Bane had perished out in the wastes of Korriban. Unfortunately, he had returned, and Cordis couldn't do anything to eliminate him now. Not after Khan's directive. They had need of every lightsaber and every Sith, especially one as strong as Bane. For the sake of the Brotherhood, for the sake of Lord Khan's glorious vision, Cordis would have to find some way to make amends. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. News that Bane had returned spread quickly through the Academy. Sirak wasn't surprised. If anything, he was relieved. When Master Cordis had informed the students they would soon be shipping out to Rusan, he'd feared they would leave before Bane returned, denying him his vengeance. Instead, fortune had smiled on him. He'd have to act quickly, though. Once they left Korriban, it would be too late. Lord Khan would have all the apprentices swear vows of loyalty and fealty to each other when they joined the Brotherhood. Killing his enemy after that would be an act of betrayal punishable by death. He wanted revenge, but not at the cost of his own life. He knew Yivra and Loke would help him, but he'd need more than them to destroy an enemy as strong as Bane. He needed Githany. Knocking on the door to her room, he waited for her to call Enter before going in. She was lying on her bed, looking casual and relaxed. In contrast, Sirak felt taut as a wire stretched beyond its limit. He's back was all he said. When? She didn't need to ask who he was talking about. He staggered in an hour ago. Maybe less. He went straight to the kitchens. The kitchens? She seemed surprised. Or offended. No doubt she'd expected him to come to her first. He's vulnerable. Sirak pointed out, his hand dropping to the hilt of his newly acquired lightsaber. Half-starved. Exhausted. We should go after him now. Don't be stupid, she snapped. What would the masters do to us if we chopped him down in the kitchens? She was right. Do you have a plan? She nodded. Tonight, wait in the archives. 
I'll bring him to you there. I'll bring Yivra and Luke. A sour grimace puckered up her face. I suppose we'll need them, she conceded, making no effort to hide her distaste. Sirak's mouth twisted into a cruel grin. I only ask one more thing. Let me be the one who deals the killing blow. Khan had just sent word to Cordis that the masters and the students at the academy were needed. So he was trying to prepare for that. Then he hears that Bane is back. It wasn't the best time for Bane's antics. They needed to prepare for the coming battle. Khan had been able to keep the Brotherhood together, but it might only take one person to buy Khan to bring all their work to shambles. Well, Bane sounds like that one stubborn person, and Cordis knows this. He wishes that Bane had just died in the Westlands. But on the other hand, Sirik was happy to hear the news. He knew that he had to kill Bane before they left. So he he went to Bethany's room to tell her about Bane. Sarek tells her Bane is in the kitchen and weakened from his journey. They should go and cut him down right now. Bethany tells him no. They will get into trouble by the masters. She told him to meet her in the archives tonight. She will bring Bane to him. Sarek says he will bring Yivra and Loke to help them out. Then Sarek says that he wants to be the one to give the killing blow. I don't understand why they think Bane will be beaten so easily. Plus, it's just me or all men just stupid when it comes to Bethany. I wouldn't trust this girl. She always has alternative plans. Bane collapsed into his bed, his belly full to bursting. He'd gorged himself in the kitchen, tearing into the food with the manners of a Gamorian soldier at the barracks trough. He'd stuffed himself with everything in sight until his ravenous hunger was sated. It was only then that he remembered he hadn't actually slept in nearly two weeks. Hunger had given way to exhaustion, and he'd wandered from the kitchen to his room in a daze. Within seconds, he had dropped into a deep, dreamless sleep. He woke several hours later to a knocking at his door. Still groggy, he forced himself to his feet, lit a glow rod, and opened the door. Cordis was standing in the hall. He barged in without waiting for an invitation, closing the door behind him. Bane was too busy trying to shake off the last vestiges of sleep to protest. Welcome back, Bane, the master said. I trust your journey was educational. Puzzled at Cordis's cordial tone, Bane only nodded. I hope you understand now why I let you go, Cordis said because you were too much of a coward to try and stop me, Bane thought, but didn't say anything aloud. This was the final phase of your training, the master continued. You had to understand why we have abandoned the old ways. This is a new age, and you could understand that only once you recognized the old age was truly gone. Bane maintained his stoic silence, not agreeing with Cordis, but unwilling to argue the point. Now that you have learned your final lesson, the Academy has nothing left to teach you. On that point, at least, they were in complete agreement. You are no longer an apprentice, Bane. You are now fit to join the ranks of the Masters. You are now a Dark Lord of the Sith. He paused, as if expecting some kind of reaction. Bane stood still as the stone statues he'd seen guarding the tombs of the ancient Sith and some of the older crypts. Cordis cleared his throat, breaking the uncomfortable silence. I know Lord Cassim has already given you a lightsaber. I too have a gift for you. He held out his hand, a lightsaber crystal in his palm. 
When Bane hesitated, Cordis spoke again. Take it, Lord Bane. He put a special emphasis on the new title. It sounded sour in Bane's ears. An empty honor bestowed by a fool who believed himself a master. But he said nothing as the other continued speaking. This synthetic crystal is stronger than the one powering your lightsaber now, Cordis assured him. And it is much, much stronger than the natural crystals the Jedi use in their own weapons. Moving slowly, Bane reached out and took it in his hand. It was cold to the touch at first, but as he gripped it, the six-sided stone quickly grew warm. The timing of your return from the wastes couldn't have been better, Cordis continued. We are making preparations to leave Korriban. Lord Khan has need of us on Rusan. All the Sith must be united in the Brotherhood of Darkness if we are to defeat the Jedi. The Brotherhood will fail, Bane stated, boldly declaring what he knew to be true, only because he knew the other wouldn't believe. Khan does not understand the dark side. He is leading you down the path of ruin. Cordis drew in a sharp breath, then spat it out in an angry hiss. Some might consider that talk to be treason, Lord Bane. You would do well to keep such ideas to yourself in the future. He wheeled away and strode angrily to the door, wrenching it open. His reaction was exactly as Bane had expected. The tall master spun back to face Bane one more time. You may be a Dark Lord now, Bane, but there's still much about the dark side you do not understand. Join the Brotherhood, and we can teach you what we know. Reject us, then you will never find what you seek. The master stalked out. Bane watched silently as the door swung shut behind him. Cordis was wrong about the Brotherhood. But he was right about one thing. There was still much about the dark side Bane needed to understand. And there was only one place in the galaxy he could go to learn it. Okay, after Bane gorges himself for a while, he remembers that he hadn't slept in two weeks. This dude gotta look like a drug addict by now. He didn't eat or sleep for weeks. I stayed up for like 36 hours straight before, and I started seeing stuff that wasn't there. Plus, during that time, I was able to eat food, but it was still very hard for me to stay awake. I don't know how this dude is still alive, even with the help of the Force. This just seems impossible. But after a few hours of sleep, Cordis comes into his chamber, talking to him about his trip and why he let Bane go. Bane being Bane thought to himself, cause Cordis is a coward. Cordis tries to convince Bane that it was a lesson, the final part of his training. Bane agrees with Cordis, but not in the way that Cordis thinks, more in the way of knowing that the masters were all fools and they were straying away from the dark side. But he just listened and said nothing. This is when Cordis tells Bane that he has a gift for him. He pulls out a copper crystal and tells Bane that he is now a dark lord of the Sith. Then he tells him that the crystal is stronger than the one in his saber now. Cordis tells him that they are all leaving Korriban to join Khan to finish off the Jedi once and for all. Bane tells Cordis the Brotherhood will fail. He says that Khan doesn't understand the dark side. He is leading the Sith to their own destruction. Cordis storms off to the door. Then he turns back to Bane and says, there is a lot about the dark side that Bane didn't understand, but the other masters would be able to teach him. Bane knows that the Brotherhood will fail, but he did know that there were still things about the dark side that he needed to learn. And that's 
ask my friends is where this chapter comes to an end. I still don't know how Bane went weeks without eating or sleeping. I know the force is powerful, but weeks is hard for me to believe. Okay, now let's see what the news and rumor department has for us. So Darth Maul reportedly returning to Star Wars very soon. Having made a surprise cameo in Solo, it looked obvious that Maul would be making a return to the franchise. Unfortunately, Han's origin story bombed at the box office. We've seen plenty of abandoned characters resurrected in some form. Maul's old nemesis Obi-Wan Kenobi was also destined for the big screen, but the concept was refitted as a limited series, and Maul has found himself linked to that show. There has even been some rumors about how Maul could fit into the story. Of course, nothing is 100% confirmed just yet. At this point, it is like everything in Star Wars. Just a waiting game to see what happens. Okay, let's get to the quote of the week, and it comes to us from Joseph Campbell, and he said, we must be willing to let go of the life that we have planned for, so we may have the life that is waiting for us. We all like to assume that we are in control of the world. We control the role of the dice called life. But the only thing that we really have control of is ourselves. We plan for the future we have in our heads, but the future is not going to turn out the way you plan it to be. Things change and we grow during this journey called life. When I was five, I wanted to be a race car driver. When I was 15, I wanted to play sports. When I was 18, I found voice acting and audio engineering. And that was my calling, my talent. Now I'm in my 40s and I'm working to reinvent myself every day. Things change and you must let the change happen. You can't control change. Just follow your dreams and your future will happen exactly the way it is supposed to be. And with that being said, I think today's episode will come to an end. Tune in to chapter 20 to find out what happens to Bane and the rest of the characters in this amazing book. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.